Hello everyone and welcome back to Plain English. I'm your host, Aaron Frisby. This is another long episode. It was just such a good conversation. It just kept going. A lot of quality stories in there, so we didn't want to break it up for you guys again. Today we touch on Gillis's time in the hole while in prison. We've mentioned it before. He did spend a lot of time down there, so we highlight some of the crimes that got him down there. Stories of the second riot that happened in Drumheller when Gillis was in the hole at that time and some of the details behind that. Some of the crimes that we explained today that got Gillis in the hole um, are pretty brutal, pretty graphic. So just the FYI on that one. What I got out of this one was that Gillis, when he hits people, he hits bloody hard. And he's extremely lucky that he doesn't get additional time added to a sentence for some of the things he does do that lands him in the hole. So I believe he's quite fortunate that he's just getting in the hole and he's not in there for another couple of years. So today's episode is called Kentucky Fried Seagull. You guys will figure out what I'm referencing there pretty quick. But I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, okay. Last day on the okay. subloxum. Yeah. Today's it. Oh, I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow won't be bad until near the middle of it. Because I, I, I was on this before and I came off of it. And then the very first time, uh, me and the girl I'm with right now um, broke up, I was like, I went really bad on that one. And that's when I relapsed. And I went to the Johnson building. And the first fix I did, I overdosed, which was good, I guess, because it stopped me from going any further. That was where I was on the ground so long with my legs um, bent under me, like in kneel down position under that the blood pooled in my legs. And then when they brought me back, I had like bruising all through my legs. First time I ever had that, that was a weird one. So when you, <clears throat> so, when you do detox from this stuff, is it similar to coming off an opiate or just yeah, not it, as bad it, or what? It, it's exactly like coming off an opiate. That's the that's the thing. Like, it works by blocking opiate receptors, but at the same time, I'm now addicted to my suboxone in a way, right? Like, I'm chemically dependent on it, not addicted. There's nothing to be addicted to. Like, there's there's you don't feel anything really. I mean, the things you do feel are good. Like sometimes you feel drowsy or you know have trouble remembering stuff or thinking clearly. It's, and have you just been weaning yourself off like cutting down your dosage yeah just dramatically cutting down like real quick right yeah <clears throat> last time i came off of it i did the same thing i mean you can drag it out like some people drag it out but there's no point i mean there's no way to come off of it without feeling sick like i would never come off of, some, of an opiate without feeling sick there's just there's no way and how long will you be feeling shit for? Um, so last time I came off this, it was, I mean, like I was feeling like really shitty, like brutally shitty for like three days, like really crappy. But there's also like a three, four days after that where it's kind of crappy, but you can't sleep. And that's the thing that sucks. So like I'm talking like full on insomnia. Like if you do fall asleep, all of a sudden, if you, if I, if I wake up from falling asleep, like it'll be like a quick little five minute sleep and I'll be soaking like sweat. And then all of a sudden I'll feel cold and feel like really anxious. Like I was just dreaming something fucked up. Like it's, it's not fun. It sucks. And that Kratom 
the kratom tea that you're um, showing yeah. me, that isn't that also kind of like an opiate as well? So it it acts on the opiate receptors, and so it's definitely in the opiate um, group. It's I can't remember what its long drawn out name is, but I'm pretty sure it has opiate in the word, like opioid sound in the word. Um, but it's not; it doesn't act in the same way that opium and stuff does. But I think definitely people get chemically dependent on it. Because I was walking, watching documentaries and stuff on it to try to figure it out. Plus, yeah. I have a good friend that's also tried it, and she was giving me the straight goods on it. And you do get wired on it, and you, you know it sucks. You get sick, and you got to come off it. So it's definitely the same, same, same group. Like same acts in the body in the same way, just doesn't come from the poppy family. It's a tea. Yeah, and it's kratom's, kratom's legal, isn't it? Anyone can get that stuff. It's still legal right now, yeah, because the government just hasn't, you know, the U.S. government hasn't found a way to, to make it illegal, and then Canada would follow suit, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, um, there's regulations around it in its own country where it's from, I think Indonesia or something like that, somewhere over there. Uh, but from what I've I've found, it, it's all political and stuff. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. sure... I'm sure there's reasons that, you know, it should be made illegal, like, or not illegal, not the word illegal, but should be controlled, I guess, because if it is habit forming, but I mean, where do you draw the line at what you control and what you don't? Coffee's habit forming. So, so I was watching Prison Break last night. I guess I'm about 20 <laughs> years late to the party. And someone's like, Prison Break, the first season is one of the greatest shows ever. So I had to, I had to watch it. So I crack into it, but it's funny because then I come up with questions for what to ask you. About prison, although <laughs> that, <you> know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you haven't got, um, you know, the jail outline tattooed on your body so you can escape or anything like that. Oh, but no, uh, that'd be a good one. <laughs> that'd be a lot of work. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not that complicated to escape either. That's a pretty fucking complicated plan he had tattooed on him. I have friends <laughs> that have snuck themselves out. Like I said, I got two, right? Scotty and Robbie, and they've both done it. But it was pretty straightforward. One packed himself in a crate and had someone mail him out. And the other guy uh, faked a heart attack drinking coffee or tea water or um, cigarette water, so like tobacco soaked in water and then drinking the water. This fucking seagull's pissing me off. And I got someone backing up my hall. Can you hear this shit? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and and did they... My balcony is right out on my, has a roof right at my balcony. I'm on the top floor. And so there's this pair of seagulls that live right out front. And at first, I didn't like them because I was like, fuck, I don't need seagulls living here everywhere. But then I noticed they keep all the other seagulls away. So I was like, oh, these seagulls are okay. So I fed them to keep them around. And now they won't fuck off. Now they're, they're, they're here. They hang out at my fucking balcony, squawk at me. Downside <laughs> to living in the penthouse, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so from prison break, one of my questions is, is there yep. much segregation, gangs, white, black, any segregation in the Canadian prisons that you've been in? There's groups and stuff, but I wouldn't call them gangs. Like everyone goes to their group, but it's more of a, a it's like a, like a, you relate to your own people. But I mean, there's no like harsh racial stuff. Sometimes things flare up and there'll be a little bit of racial tension, but there's no nothing like, Nothing like that where, yeah, you got to pick a group and you don't hang out with other groups and shit. Yeah. No, nothing that stupid. Because um, would there be, maybe I'm a bit <clears throat> off here, but um, 
would there be enough black people in Alberta and BC to have oh, yeah. a big black population? Oh yeah, those those were my favorite friends to race because they're always beaking off about how fast they were. And I remember one time showing up to race them, and they're out there. And I'm not even joking. Fuck, they cracked me up. They were stretching and bullshitting each other about having an extra muscle in their calf. And that's why they're <laughs> faster than white guys. I was like, fuck, I'm going to like beating all these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Will and Richard, they know who they are. <laughs> they're fast boys, too, though. And... um. When they are doing a raid on all the cells to see if there's any contraband, do they do it all at once, and can you kind of tell when it's about to happen, or is it a surprise? Um. Well, when they start, then all the guys on the rest of the jail know they're doing searches, so you got that much of a heads up. But I've never been – I've never seen a situation where guys are like, hey, yeah, I got the straight goods, the guys are doing around. Um, yeah. This is some funny stuff I've seen around doing rounds, though, is um, one time uh, there's this guard, Watt, fucking, he's kind of funny. There's a guard, actually, if you ever, if you, so you like watching UFC stuff. Yeah. So there's a, there's a guard on there. He's got red hair. They call him the athlete. He's from, he's a prison guard from Alberta. He, his first fight in the UFC, he won. He fucking was smashing the guy out like three different ways from fucking Sunday. He had him in a triangle choke. He was elbowing the guy in the fucking head, and I think he was doing some type of fuck off seagull. You're going to get yourself fucking in a wing bar. Um, and I think he had this guy in an arm bar, all three. And then he told Dana when he was done, he was like, if you thought I was going to be a stepping stone for somebody else, you're wrong. And he never got another fight in the UFC, I don't think. <laughs> Do you know what anyway, his name was? This guard worked in the prison I was in. Fucking. You don't know his name? Um, I'm trying to remember his name right now. It's... Uh, he has red hair. His name's the athlete's tall, caddy. He's the only guard from Alberta. But yeah, you got to remember his name. Well, actually, if you Googled the athlete, he'd come up because that's like his handle. He calls himself the athlete, right? I'm looking. And so in the in the in the, in the prison, they have guards that Jason are part McDonald. of McDonald. Jason McDonald. Holy fuck, that's it, bro. Jason McDonald. Yeah, he's tall. Better you got it. Young Jamie, Terry Rogan. Yeah. So yeah, look, ginger? watch that fight, bro. It's over in like a minute and a half. Like, he fucking, he smashes these guys. So there was some controversy in the prison because some guys were like, he's a fucking guard. And then the rest of us were like, yeah, do you know anybody else in the fucking UFC? Fuck, of course we're rooting for him. We don't give a fuck if he's a pig. And he's actually not a pig. He's actually a fucking decent guard. So he's talking about Bruce searches and shit. So him and Watt. Um, Sorry, just one to interrupt. Time, he had five, he had one, two, three, four, five fights in the UFC. Yeah. So, well, there you go. He even um, fought but, Damian Meyer. Jeez, he did some. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the other guy he fought in the first one was another redhead. He, he fought Rich Franklin and he lost. Uh, first one he lost, fought, he, he won, though. It was against Herman or no? Uh, it was another hothead. Stinger. I can't remember his name. It was his first fight. He won. He did smash the fucking guy up. But anyway, so these guards, sometimes when they're doing searches, they don't want to do searches because fucking there's paperwork and shit to be done. So some of them will jangle their keys and shit. Um, uh, Watt one time doing rounds, it's not the same as doing a search, but when the guards do rounds so they don't have to see anything, then they don't have to search. Uh, Watt gave me the baton. So when they do their searches, they got to walk around and pass their baton to each thing. And Watt was one of those guards where 
I was a cleaner on the range, and, and so I, I get to know all the guards in the bubble all the time because I'm always got to go and get the mop pails and get them to let me into the different rooms and shit. And fucking, I've been in this so long, so we get to know each other. And they got, like, you know, respect for me. They leave me alone, and fucking, I don't cause them any grief that I don't have to. Um, And it's all good, especially on my own unit. I try to get in trouble. Well, if I get in trouble, I try not to get in trouble on, on my own unit. Uh, anyways, long story short, usually never is. One morning I get up, and it's Sunday morning, and I go walking past the bubble, and there's all three guards, uh, Watt, um, Jason, and uh, Green is the other guard with them. He's a freaking – they all got black sun – fuck off, seagull. They all got sunglasses on, and and their heads are all sitting kind of weird. I'm walking towards them. Like, I got to ask them to let me in the mop room so I can get the mop buckets and shit ready to sweep them off the range. As I'm getting closer, I realize they're all sleeping. They're fucking, they're all sleeping <laughs> in the bubble, like with the bubble door open. I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. So the same guard, Watt, one time, he uh, got me to go and do the round myself. He, he passed me the baton. He says, here, English, go do a round for me. I'm like. All right, whatever, fuck. So I think I started getting guys like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, fuck, copper, give it to me. So I'm doing the round and joking around and shit with my friends. Some guys are trying to be God. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, fucking blah, blah. I'm like, what, you want the fucking guards to come do the round instead and make you feel safer, you fucking idiot? Fuck off. Like, it was fucking hilarious. Um, a good friend of mine, he's a fucking pretty tough boy. The guys were going to go and scoop them one time, and they have an extraction squad that they use to go and get guys out of their cells. And a good friend of mine, Shane, fucking, he's from BC here, uh, started some shit out in the yard. He didn't start some other guys started. They're talking shit. He went out there and called like the whole yard on, which is like anyone's got a fucking beef with me because some people was talking shit. Like he had a problem out here in BC. This was in Alberta, of course. And uh, so he was just trying to squash like anyone's got a fucking problem, bring it. Well, the guys, a couple of lifers and shit that had started, I guess, I don't know what, but went and caused a scene by the guards and let the guards find out, like basically talking shit and then let the guards find out. So it's like dry ratting them. So the guards are going to go and scoop them and get them out of there so there's not the good order institution. Well, that Jason McDonald um, was one of the guards that's on the extraction team that when they go into the cell to get guys that they take them out. Well, I was in my friend Shane's cell when Jason came by himself first without any of the other guards, just doing his walk. And I just happened to be in there, and he sticks his head, and he's like, hey, English, uh, you got a second? And my buddy's like, you know, he thinks something's up with the guard. He's like, what? Fuck, you got something to say, say it in front of us. And so, and then he said to my friend Shane, he gave him actually a lot of respect. Shane's a pretty tough boy. He told him, he says, uh, I guess you know we're coming to get you at lockup. They usually wait until the next lockup to come and get people. So supper time's the next lockup. They wait until supper time lockup and then come get you, rather than call a lockdown. And, and, you know, they just go with the routine. So he actually gave us a heads up, but he did it because he wanted to make sure there's no beast. So he told Shane, he said, I just want to make sure, you know, I'm not coming. I got no problem with you. I'm not coming to get into it with you. <laughs> he says, but I got to do my job and you got to go. To the, you got to go to the hole. Right. And so then my buddy Shane's like, well, can I take my TV then? And so he's like, yeah, sure. You can carry your TV down. <laughs> so that was cool. So then I knew he was leaving, right? So I was like, fuck, I ran around trying to find him some dope to go to the hole with and shit. Fuck, then. Yeah, he was a good guy. But yeah, so, so they, you, don't, they don't search people before they put them in the hole. Like, whatever's on you, you can probably get down. No, there. no, yeah, whatever you got on. Well, they search you when you get to the hole, though. Oh, right. Yeah, 
Like when you get thrown in your, your hole, like when you get put in your cell, they'll be like, you know, take off all your shit, search it, and give it all back to you. Like there's a rare, odd chat time they don't, but yeah, they usually strip search you. There's lots of strip searching going on in there. So that leads us into the hole. So you once told me that you'd set some records with the amount of time you spent in the hole. Yeah, I, the longest I was in the hole was almost six months. Six months solid in the hole. Yep. Well, no, I got out for a day. You know. That. <laughs> oh, okay. That's all right then. <laughs> yeah. Not for real. One day I got out and then they grabbed me and put me back in. I was in it for 45 days, which is the normal amount of time they can keep in the hole. And then they let me out. They scooped me, put me back in the hole. Cause, and I, me and a buddy of mine, it also happened to him too. We had a feeling um, we were going to get grabbed, put back in the hole. There's an investigation going on into the two of us. Put me back into the hole. And then while I was in the hole, all that shit happened with the riot and stuff. And so one thing led to another. And my overall amount of time before I got back out to the population was almost six months. Oh, so because of the riot, it got extended because you couldn't go back out? Yeah, I could. Yeah, the, they weren't taking anybody into population, so. Oh right. Yeah, right. So you, I was in because I was in the hole at the time. So when it was time to assign, when I was time to let me back out of the hole, I ended up getting transferred to another institution, and right. that's when I finally got back out of the fucking hole. And that second riot that happened at um, uh, the name of it's escaped me right now. What prison were you at? Drumheller. Drumheller. The, yeah. the second one that happened, the Drumheller one um, that you're in the hole for, do you know many details about that? Because I guess some guy died in that one. Oh, that was pretty brutal. Uh, one of the guys, so remember I was saying one of the, my friends of mine that did my back tattoo? Yep. Uh, Yank? Yep. He, he's an American guy. Um, he was part of it. Fucking, he ended up taking the beef for the guy that got murdered. They beat him up so bad, and then they were, I don't know what was going on, because I'm in the hole, right? And I can't implement anybody else. Yank literally owned the beef, took it. The reason he took it is because Yank fucking wanted to stay in Canada. And so Yank's from the States, and he has other stuff in the States he has to go and deal with. And when he was done serving whatever time he had to deal with in Canada, he was going to be going back to the States. And so he'd rather stay in Canada doing time up here with us. And so when this shit went down, whether he was like how much involved of it, he was whatever, but he owned that beef, right? Just so that was the end so of it. Right? What, what does that mean? So the guy, obviously the guy that died had done something pretty serious. Is that what so started he, the, started the riot or was it, does he no, kill? No, he's and, not what started the riot. He's just one of the, so when the riot goes off, of course, any old beefs and stuff are going to get right, swapped. Right, go get right? them. And so this guy just was having a hard time in there already prior to what happened. Now, I don't honestly know what the details are. You know, like, I've been in situations where I've seen people getting fucked up, and I don't right away think, oh, that's not cool. That's not right. That shouldn't happen. I, I don't assume that. I assume, hey, what did the fucking guy do? Maybe there's a reason he's getting fucking beat up, right? Because yeah. it may well be. But in this case, this guy got killed, like, fucking full-on killed. And from what I understand... There was rumors going around about him being a snitch. I don't know if it's true or not. I I don't know the guy. He wasn't from my unit. I don't know anything about it. And so they fucked him up and killed him. And you said Yank took the beef. Was this afterwards yeah. or how does that work? Yeah. So, well, I guess when they do the investigation, they want to know who's involved, whatever. Oh, and so Yank, he, took, he took it, the Yank murder said, case. Said, yeah, he did it, right? No, it's oh. me. He owned that, that murder beef. So he can stay oh, in Canada. Right. 
Yeah. Then he ends up now he has a murder beef encounter. Now he has to stay here, right? And can so, you tell us what Yank was in prison for? Well, murder for what? <laughs> like prior to prior to this. He had a he had a he had he had, I think, a murder beef to go up on in the States, actually. And so it was do a murder beef there or do a murder beef here. And so he opted for the one here. What he was doing time for here in Canada, I don't think had to do with a murder beef. I think when he went on the run from the States here into Canada, he did some stuff here in Canada and then got arrested for it. Before he gets extradited to the States, he has to get sentenced here in Canada to do his stuff, his time here in Canada and then go. Like if you're from another country and you do shit in Canada, they don't just send you back. You got to do your sentence first, then you go back. Otherwise, people are going to think, oh, I can just go to Canada, do whatever the fuck I want, and then get a free fucking plane ticket home. Right? Yeah. So you got to serve your, your bit first. And I guess you don't really know what the prisons in America are like, but I'm sure you've heard. But I'd say you'd probably want to do your time in Canada rather than America. Well, i got a few friends that have come up from the States, like Prophet and stuff, a black friend of mine. And he says down there the racial shit is pretty bad. Like how you're asking about like how, how it is back and forth. Like he said down there, like he, like he wouldn't even be able to hang out with, like me and him were pretty close friends. Lots of us were like all friends and shit. And he said we wouldn't even be able to hang out the same way we do. Here, here, up here. He always calls Canada up here in Canada, right? Um, fucking well, a lot of guys get tortured up here, I guess. But uh, yeah. So I don't know exactly what the racial situation is down there, but I've also heard of guys saying the rudeness is so bad. Like, if like black guys outnumber uh white guys on a range and stuff, that's when it gets really bad, and that doesn't surprise me. That's normal, right? For any fucking goofy group, right? That yeah. wants to be bullies and racists and shit. But they go and will just walk by and just fucking take people's food right off the tray, like, hey, you know, whatever, boy, fucking blah, blah, fucking. Yeah, so I, I know me, I'd be like, well, that'd be my last meal then, because I'd fucking die right there. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. But yeah, so that shit happens, I guess. So you're in the hole for 45 days. What did you go in for then before the riot started? Um, that, so, um, um okay. <laughs> so you said there was the soccer one. You want to know about the soccer one? Where was it the same like, one, or was it was it a different one? No, those were two different things. There was one where I'd gotten into a fight on the soccer field, and that was with my friend Andy, uh, the age my Asian friend Vu Big Head, and uh, he gave me the nickname McLoom. And so how that went went down as we were on the soccer field we were playing soccer and i had a i had a twisted ankle so i couldn't really use my one foot very well and he's on my fucking team even and there's me him bunch of other us, my little friend mikey hobbs my little irish buddy the one that was going to come and get the uh black pimps with us yep. fucking um and uh <clears throat> i wasn't going to get them because they're black too just to point out i was going to get them because they were fucking pimps especially yep. underage girls uh, and Bao Tang and like all of us Asian, mostly all Asian guys, we like to go out there and play soccer. It's hard. A lot of white guys don't come out to play soccer. They always want to go and play baseball or shit like that, right? And a couple of the Spanish guys come out and play with us too. There's only a few Spanish guys in there. Um, so I, my, my ankle was twisted, so I couldn't play where, like I couldn't pass with my one direction. He keeps cracking up, blah, blah, blah. 
about me not passing it to him. I can't remember what he was saying. Sorry, who I'm was this guy? Which guy? Who? He's a friend of mine. He's a uh, he's right. Asian friend of mine. Right, okay. Um. Yeah. And uh, big head, right? Fucking, I call him right. He's got a big head. <laughs> um. His English name is Andy. Right? Yeah, I call him who. Uh. Anyways. I call him Big Head because he gave me the nickname McLone. I'll tell you what that means in a second. So we're on the soccer field. I, and I tell him, if you keep fucking yelling at me, fucking how to play fucking soccer, right? Fucking, like I'm telling him, I can't fucking pass you. My fucking ankle's fucking fucked. And if you keep trying to tell me to play soccer, I'm going to give you fucking boxing lessons. And then he's like, ah, fuck, blah, blah, blah. So we keep playing. And then he starts cracking off some more, yelling from the other side of the field at me. Like everyone's looking at me. I'm like, I blow up. Fuck you, you fucking. And then if you call someone a piece of shit in there, that's pretty much like calling them a goof. Like that's pretty, pretty much you got to scrap over that. Calling someone a piece of shit is like saying they're in there for being a rat or they're not in there for being a rat. They're in there and they are a rat or, you know, they're a rapist. Like they're, they're no good. They're a piece of shit. Like pretty much the same as a goof, right? And fucking, so I went, you piece of, but I didn't want to call him a piece of shit because he's my friend. So I was just like, you piece of crap or something like that. <laughs> and then, but he still gets all mad. Right? He comes walking at me. So I come walking, and as we're like walking towards him, because we're on the other side of the field, I'm like, he's something, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's so mad now. He's yelling in his own language at me. So I can't even understand him. And I'm yelling at him. I'm like, you're going to fucking something. And then our friend Bao Tang jumps in the middle of us. It just as we get towards each other. And so he's got his hand on my chest and his hand on Bruce's chest, and he's holding us back from each other. And he's yelling back and forth from me and to him, like, he didn't mean it. And back to him in his language, and then back to me in English. And then he was going back and forth so much. Then he's turning, he's looking at me, starts talking to me in, in Vietnamese, <laughs> and then in There's English. Back at, yeah. And so we started laughing about it. It was actually funny. So, we, you know, it broke the tension. We're like, okay, yeah, we walked away from each other, you know, fucking, and, like, we're friends, right? We just got hot. <laughs> but um, the, so, but the guards uh, saw it, and so they come grab us, take us to the hole. And then he nicknames me McLoam, right? He's like, oh, it's okay, McLoam, don't worry about it, right? Like, he's he's hollering to me uh, when we're in the hole. McLoam means uh, pussy face. <laughs> but, but I don't know it means pussy face, right? I think it means like McLoam is like bro or something, right? Because he's saying, don't worry about it, McLoam, right? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so me and him end up in the yard together. So we're supposed to be separated. And when they let us out for so when you go to the yard in the hole, um, you, you get out two or four at a time, or eight altogether, but there's two yards right beside each other. And they keep people apart that are supposed to be incompatible or whatever. And the PCs don't even go out at the same time as us. They go out to the yard at a different time. We and him were in the same yard together. So for, so when it came time for them to investigate, like, what to do with us, when we, we told the guards, we were like, well, you had us out in the same yard together. And the guards were like, yeah, yeah, I'll make a note of that, whatever. And so then, then they just let us back out. So that was one situation where the guards fucked up, put us in the same yard. And it worked out for us because we were, like, you know, walking. The whole time we are in the yard, we are walking together. <laughs> On camera and circle in the circle, talking to each other, you know what I mean? Because we're friends, right? So, and then the other time I was in the hole, this was when I was in there, when the riot went down. That's when um, I got uh, paid to do an assault on somebody. Um, they were no good. They were a piece of shit. 
but just to clarify that they were no good. I don't know, I'll get too graphic in this, but um in this one, this is this is where I hit buddy over the head with a fucking rock. Like there's a pretty big rock. <clears throat> and they're doing some construction out in the yard. They were extending the units, and so there was some loose uh um, gravel and shit like that. And somebody managed to get their hands on a rock, and then I knew this guy had this rock. And then talk was going on about this contract and shit to do this. And I was one of the people like you know, whoever does it, you know, gets paid for it. And uh, and then an opportunity, I walked up on G range. I saw this guy. So so this A, B, C, D, E, F, those are the living ranges. And the G range is our common room, like our common range, where we can, there used to be pool tables up there after the riot because we lit two of them on fire. They took away the pool tables, of course. No getting back those. We've had those since, like, the old days. Um, uh, we got... Um, Tables up there to play uh, cards and shit. So I walked up there to see some friends of mine. I walk up. I see the buddy. I see the guy. I'm like, holy fuck. I've been waiting to get this guy because he's been, he knows something's coming for him because he's no good, right? So he stays close. He stays in his cell with his door locked all the time. He only gets it open, like, to go for meals. And that's when guards are watching everything. I don't want to, I don't want to get more time fucking this guy up. You know what I mean? But I'll do it if I can get away with it. Sure. So now I see him on G range using the microwave. So there's no guards up there. This is our common area. And I'm thinking, holy fuck. So I run back down to my buddy's cell, who's where I just walked out of, and he's got that rock. I know he's got that rock. And I just want something real quick. And I'm like, hey, give me that rock. He gives me it. So I go up on G range and I got a, I grab a pair of gloves. I got the gloves in my pocket. I got a, a green winter parka on and I got the rock in the other pocket. I walk up on the, the range, but I don't have the rock and gloves on because I got to walk by the guards and I don't want them to see what's going on. So I walk on the range. There's some friends of mine playing cards um, at a table right behind where the microwave is, where this guy's using the microwave to microwave his food. <laughs> and uh, my buddy that's playing cards, he's he's looking at me. He's being like a like a irritating heat bag. Right? He's like, ah, blah, blah, blah. My buddy Dinsdale. A funny story about him where he was supposed to go and punch somebody out. Um, he walked in on the guy's cell to, to punch him out. It was a friend of ours. They're both friends of ours. They had a beef with each other. My friend was on the toilet when he walked in his cell. So he walked in, didn't know what to do because my friend was on the toilet. So my other friend that was on the toilet, Paulo, stood up, punched Dinsdale in the face, gave him a bloody <laughs> nose, and Dinsdale ran out of the cell. Everyone was like, what the fuck? What happened? He's like, he was on the... He's on the shitter. I don't know what to do. <laughs> got punched in the nose. Like, <laughs> that was, yeah. So, so now my friend Dinsdale, I'm up, I sneak up on June. I'm trying to be quiet. I'm standing where he is um, because I'm trying to put the gloves on so I can grab this rock out of my pocket. Now I'm going to go deal with Buddy, right? I'm going to bash his head. It has to be a good one. Like, these guys want it to be done well. <clears throat> so, this is one way to do it well. Um, so, he's bugging me and everything. I'm looking at him because I'm trying to be quiet. And I'm saying to him, like, shh, like, don't want to keep it down. I'm making, like, a, a mean face, and I keep it quiet face at him. And he's, like, he keeps bugging me, like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, you know, I can't remember, but he's, like, keeps going. He keeps being a moron. And all of a sudden, I pull this big rock out of my pocket. After putting on the gloves, all of a sudden, his face just changes. Like, he must have been thinking it was for him. <laughs> and then I sneak around from him to go get this guy, right? I was just yeah. standing behind him at the, the card table because I just was standing there for cover. I walk up to Buddy and I, I hit him in the head a bunch of times. Point of that was uh, a, 
I hit him in the head so much that it caused a blunt force trauma to his head, affected his memory. So then now when I was in the hole, they took, he's in protective custody, he's in PC, and I'm, I'm in like, uh, I'm GP, I'm getting investigated. So I'm not sentenced or anything, I'm just in the hole, they're investigating me. The guard takes me to go for my shower. So when you walk down the, the ranges to go to the showers are, you walk past the PC ranges. So they all stand at their doors sometimes looking out and, you know, staring at us and shit. Um, I went to go to the shower. Buddy that I had fucking beat over the head sat outside his door to me while the guards right there putting me in the shower. He's like, hey, you're trying to talk to me and shit. And I'm like looking at him. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm all nervous thinking, what is this guy about to say or do or whatever? And then he starts talking to me like, like he doesn't know what's going on. And he asked me for a cigarette through his cell door. Like, hey, you got to smoke? So I told the guard right after, I said, if I fucking beat this guy up and shit, why is he asking me for a fucking cigarette? Right? Like, clearly, I didn't fucking do it. So, oh, but I didn't so get out on that get, one. <laughs> did you get, what, did you get no, charged for that one, though? No, they continue investigating. I didn't get made on it, but I didn't get let out of the hole because then that's where I ended up getting transferred out because the riot happened. And so then when it was time to let me out of the hole, they didn't, I was... I got transferred to uh, Bowdoin Institution. That's still in Alberta. It's another medium. I did another five years there. So because the riot happened, they didn't investigate that beating or it just kind no, of No, they investigated it. They investigated it. They just didn't get me on it. They oh. just didn't get me Because wouldn't there be a bunch of witnesses? The only, the only reason, well, so that's what I was going to say. So the only reason they got me on they didn't catch me doing the assault. Or I would have been fucked. Like, obviously, yeah. I did it. I was bashing the guy's head so hard. Another inmate had told me that he had heard the guards talking about it. And the guards said that they knew something was going on because they could hear in the bubble thud, thud, thud. Because I was hitting him in the head with this rock and his head was on the concrete so hard that it was going thud, thud right through the concrete into the bubble. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just something I heard. <clears throat> Another friend of mine, Sluggo, he was on G-Range with me. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, the day before, or a couple of days before that, I give him a point of heroin. There was like no heroin in the fucking prison, like so hard to find. The Vietnamese were really good with me because I used to go and collect debts for them and shit. Um, the first debt I ever collected for them, actually, I ended up checking the guy in and they're like, you do too much, you do too much. But they still cleared my debt to them. <laughs> uh, um, uh, where was I? I got sidetracked. Okay, let's do that. So the guard said that um, they could hear you. But, I mean, if you hit them oh, that oh, hard oh, with so it. Oh, so me and my friend Sluggo. Yeah, so me and my friend Sluggo, I gave him my fucking, I gave him my last point of heroin. And I was like, this is all I got, bro, but fuck here. I said, but I need the money for it because I got to pay for it because I just got it for $50 cash. And he's like, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, you know, saying whatever before he gets it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Blah, blah. I'm like, okay, it's small. You know what I mean? Like, I go, that's all there is. And he's like, yeah, I know Fuck, I'll love you forever, kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, here, take it then, fuck. You know, I'm going to be sick. You know what I mean? I did him a solid. Yeah. Now he gets it into him. Now he's all you know, high. Now he's coming back to me saying how small it was. And blah, blah, blah. meanwhile, he's high. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. You come back to me all fucking high telling me it's <laughs> shitty. You know, but whatever. We're friends. It's all good. But he's been bugging me for two days now about, well, that's how you treat your friends. You fucking, you know, because he's trying to get out of paying me $50 for it. He wants to try and give yeah. me $20 or $30 on Canteen Day. So now on G-Range, he happens to see this go down with, he's up there when this happened. So um, there's a, there a coffee, like 
where it happened is the microwaves are on the table and then also on the table is a big coffee pot and underneath the coffee pot there's a big bucket that seagulls do outside driving me nuts there's a big bucket garbage can that catches the drippings from the coffee pot like so all the sludge and shit because otherwise it just ends up all the floor because guys are messing there don't clean up so this 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 garbage gar, garbage can catching all the sludge coffee and stuff and it's like you know like almost a foot deep so I throw the gloves and rock in there, and then I start sneaking off G-Rings. The guards are calling the emergency lockdown. So And so no one's told them or not. So they're calling it, I guess, based on this thudding or whatever. So I guess maybe it is true what Buddy was saying. He overheard the guards say. Um, right, so as we're sneaking off with G-Rings, we're not sneaking off a single, finally walking off, double, but walking off G-Rings in a single, you know, all in a big row, but in twos. Sluggo happens to end up beside me as we're walking. And so he's whispering, whispering to me. He's like, well, I guess I should stop bugging you about that flap, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so then we get locked down. And so now there's emergency lockdown. Now they go, and of course, they find Buddy up there. His head's fucked, right? He lives in shit. Like, I just beat on it. Um, <clears throat> but it, it was, he, he's a child molester, right? So that's, the, you know, like I'm trying not to say too much stuff, whatever. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in there. I just don't, I don't know if I could ever get grabbed for this, whatever. But anyway, so, so yeah, that's fucking, that. So I end up in a fucking hole over that fucking bullshit. You're lucky <laughs> you didn't kill him if you're doing it with a rock well, to the head, aren't you? That's just it. You know, I think about these things now, like after, right? I got friends that are in there doing a manslaughter for punching a guy and killing him. I'm not joking. Like punching a guy, like, I don't want to spit friends' names out, but I got three friends in there that have killed people with a punch, a single yeah. punch. Like, it fucking happens, man. It's crazy. Well, it's because they fall over and hit their heads on something, usually, isn't it? Um, well, in one case, that actually is what happened. Um, yeah. Uh, two of them are on, in Alberta, one's here in BC. Um, the, the other one, it's full on, it's in a nightclub, and it's a one punch, and I, I honestly don't know if it's from hitting his head on anything, but I don't remember any details like that. Like, he got punched out, he hit the ground, and he was dead. Like, fucking yeah. some serious shit, right? But And then there's all kinds of situations there where we, you know, fucking hitting each other over the head. Like, I've been bashed over the head. I've been knocked out. You know, like, there's different ways of doing things. Like, if I'm going to fight somebody, then I'll, I'll show up with my fist. Like, I'm not a goof, right? But if it's a contract, like, someone's supposed to get a beating, and they're a rat, you know, you're going to rat on you. You can't let them know it's you. So you got to jump them. You got to ambush them. You got to fucking do something. Some guys choose blades to deal with problems. Some guys choose pipes. I like pipes because if you, like a pipe, a rock, but if you bash the guy over the head, you know, I go for knocking the guy out. So if you knock him out, now you're in control. But if you get a blade, I, I, I once, there's one case where a guy got stabbed with a blade, fucking pulled it out and chased the guy around the yard and drum. Like, I'm not even bullshitting. You chase the guy around the yard with the blade. Guy's running for his life. Like, so just because you stab a guy with a blade doesn't mean you win. You know what I mean? Like, fucking, and adrenaline gets going. Like, crazy shit happens. I got two other friends of mine that went out there. It was a literally a gladiator fucking fight. Like, full on. One of them had a fucking homie blades. Both of them had homie blades. But fucking, yeah, Ollie and Donnie, whatever. They're fucking solid boys. This is their own beef. Fucking, this was a notorious fighting drum. Like, this is one of the famous fights. They went out, and it was like a sword fight. Everyone was out in the yard to watch it, like fucking, yeah, like <laughs> some, so some pretty good things in there. But yeah, so I choose not to use blades. I've never used a blade. I've been stabbed, right? Fucking, but 
because I'm smaller and stuff, I'll go for try to control it with knocking the guy out and then do what I got to do, right? And so, and in this case, the person was supposed to get it really good, so that's why I, I was so aggressive with it. And then, so the, yeah. the contract you're talking about, so obviously someone from inside the prison is ordering that to happen, or is it outside? Someone from outside, I think, was obviously the source of that one. This person had done something on the streets, or, or sexual assault on a minor. Right. Oh, yeah. That, that was the reasoning for it, right? And it's like it's not uncommon, but like it happens lots. Like it's a common thing, right? Some of these guys come in with sentences, bro. Like they barely got a pen bit. They maybe came in with just two years plus a day. You know what I mean? I don't know how. You know, I can. Like, I'm not saying oh, I should have got any less time for what I did. I own my bit, right? All good. Um, but I don't know how. You know, running around robbing and stuff can get a person put in prison for 15 years and how like fucking whatever i don't want to describe it but doing something like that to a fucking kid or something how that isn't considered like a thousand times worse and how people just let that shit get away with small sentences and i mean for the longest time with small sentences are being handed out right well yeah now that now all of a sudden like in during my time inside I watched it change to where they had to report. Sentences started getting more crazy, like intense, like crazier, like good, like in a crazier and good way. Like we're like, holy fuck, finally, like, you know, like it was just nuts. They kept treating them like, oh, they're sick and there's something wrong with them. And they need to say sorry. And they're just good Christians or something like they always ham it up. And they're always nice people because that's their, their ploy. They pretend to be nice so they can get to you. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, I was, I was saying it, it sounds strange, but you know, as a parent, you think if something does happen to your, ch- your child, and you see it in the media as well, like parents getting so angry in the courtroom, they'll jump over the barrier. But yeah. it is actually quite nice to hear that you can go to lengths to have something done in prison to these pieces of shit afterwards. And although your story is fucking brutal, I'm sure there's someone outside that was feeling pretty passionate about that happening and being the right thing that happened. Yeah, and that was the order, right? Like, that was what had to happen. So. And, then- and I guess... Payment there would be e-transfer, so you got a bank on the outside, or how does yeah. that happen? Um, I got a bank transfer. I wasn't supposed to get a bank transfer. I was supposed to get paid in the institution, but then be, like it was in canteen and shit. Um, but because I got transferred, I ended up getting a BT for that. Because I got does, because I got transferred, I got a transfer. <laughs> does that um, set you up pretty good doing something that drastic? Uh, for a little bit. Right. I mean, I was doing a long bit, so, yeah. And, I mean, to pay for anything, to get anything in there and stuff, like, everything's expensive. Like, like everything's inflated, right? Like, like if you want to have just a weed habit in there, like, you got to be balling or you got to be doing something. You got to have some type of hustle, something. Right. You got to have some good friends. And I know the answer to this, I think, because of some of your pre- previous stories, but... Did you have anything in your bank by the time you got out? When last time? No. I got out with nothing. The first time I got out, I gave the little bit of money. I got out with, I can't remember for sure what I had, but fuck, I feel like it was $180. Uh, And I I put that with the money I hooped out for my friend James. And I fucking gave that to our friend PK to send, get him as much dope as possible. I said, get him the biggest package as possible. PK said he would match whatever we could get out there. So that's why I threw mine in as well. 
And I knew it was going back to all the boys. Like, James was going to take care of shit, right? And so that was when I got out the first time. The second time I got out, because I was doing nothing but having fun and everything, I left everything I had in there to friends. Not that I had lots, but all of my, like, I had $1,500 worth of stuff in my cell. So I left all of that to my friends and stuff. Some guys take shit out with them. I don't understand that. Like, like I really don't understand that. Like, some guys are like, well, it's their shit, whatever. It's their I'm like, fuck that. Wait, don't you have one fucking guy in here that did you enough of a solid that you want to leave him some shit? Like, fucking, how yeah. can you get out and leave nothing in? $1,500 is a joke out here. Right, fucking. When, in the hole, I mean, in the movies, people see it as just a very small cell with a bed, and that is it. How accurate is that? The hole, the hole is just an, a regular cell. Yeah. You know, and all the time I've been in there, I never actually measured myself. But I... I'm guessing that it is like eight by twelve, right? What you always hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty small. It's fucking small, right? right? And that's all you got is you got uh, a frame, so either a metal frame that's fastened to the floor, or a plexiglass frame that's built into the floor and wall, like in remand centers, like you see. And sometimes you see some gels. It's like all plasticky and shit. Those are usually remand centers when you see that on the news and shit. Right. When you see bars and shit like that, those are usually prisons. Right? When you see solid doors, it's usually remand centers, right? So um, in the hole, do you have you have bars? It's not like you're completely closed no, off and there's a depends, little slide door. Depends depends what prison you're in. Like if you're in Stony Mountain, it's all bars, right? You get like a big horse blanket you hang up to um for privacy in your cell, right? You hang up on the bars and that's all you got. Big thick blanket, fucking horse blanket, packing, look, packing blanket. And in the hole, they bring you your food every day. But I think um, from yeah, what so you, you said, in the you... hole. So um, depends what hole you're in. If you're in young offender, provincial, federal, um, but you you sit in the hole and you either have privileges or no privileges. If you have privileges, then you're sitting in the, in your little eight by twelve cell with your with your little hard fucking mattress. Um, and a little fucking, uh, TV fucking, and that's it and books. And then you get brought a meal three times a day. You get out for a shower for a half hour. You get out for a yard for a half hour to an hour, depending where you are. Um, and that's your day. And you just repeat over and over and over. If so it's no similar to a, similar to the mix. Yeah, no up, you're gonna get no TV. And the whole time with no TV is a completely different experience to whole time <laughs> with it. No, like it is. It's literally, it's a night and day. And that's why they give you whole time with and without privileges. With privileges is like the protective custody guys because they're yeah. in there, you know, to hide. Um, but also if you get thrown in there and you haven't been proven guilty, like you're in there being investigated, uh, they sometimes give you your TV. Um, if your sentence was minor, um, you know, they'll sometimes give you, you know, 30 days with privileges so you get your TV. Like, you know, sometimes like when you go to kangaroo court and shit, right? Other times, but usually it's no privileges. Usually whole sentence, you're in there for a reason. Usually most guys are in the hole with no privileges. And most sentences are 30 days, 15 days, 30 days, 45 days is the longest. But there's lots of situations, like not just mine, where you're in there for 45 days. They let you out for a day because they have to. You know, everyone knows. Everyone's surprised to see you out. They're like, hey, what are you doing out? And then all of a sudden, they, they call lock up that night and you're gone again. Right, and they put you in for another forty-five. Right, and they they use the same 
charge or excuse for putting you back in the hole where they don't really need to. It's just kind of in the hole for the good order institution, right? That's all they need. They're investigating you for whatever and for the good order institution, for the protection of somebody, for the whatever. They can do whatever they want with you as long as they follow the, the, the laws they have to follow, right? So, yeah, this thing is supposed to be 45 days, but it gets bent all the time. Over your whole time in prison, how many times do you think you went to the hole and how long do you think you spent in the hole? Oh, I went to the hole a lot. I was in the hole so much. I mean, I remember Ernie Valentini. He was one of the unit supervisors. He even called me by my nickname, Flipper. Uh, come to the hole. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's an old, old Italian guard. <clears throat> like there are good guards and there are bad guards, right? The bad guards are guards that cause you not to there are old guards in there and some female guards and some young guards. Like they're all kind of guards that they're guards, so they're guards. Like that's you know, fucking is what it is. But some don't come in there looking to cause you any grief. Like I've had guards turn the other way when we're carrying TVs, when we just fought, as long as they see us get up and like they know for sure it's done, we're walking like it's half times, it's over. Um, leave it alone. Um, I've seen all kinds of situations like that. I've even been in one situation where the guards let us finish drinking a brew. I'm sure it was a strategic thing because they didn't want to come and deal with us all. And they figured we'll just let us lock up and then they'll get us. But <laughs> they right. let us finish drinking a brew at the end of the range as long as we stayed on the end of the range until lockup, they said. We, then they were doing their walks to check on us. And we're like, hey, come on in. And that was that guard Watt I was telling you about. And he's like, yeah. no, no. He goes, you guys get too rowdy when you drink. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and the deal was when they call lockup, we all go straight to ourselves. We all lived on the range, right? We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, it was like an hour and a half away. So we agreed. Other times I've seen them call an emergency lockdown and guys barricade themselves in the cell. And you can barricade this door from the inside so they can't open it. And this goes on for 8, 12 hours sometimes while the guys are all drinking, right? The guards don't want that situation, right? So. And then, um, so and then, yeah, how much have I been to the hole? So I started yeah. going to the hole when the first time I went to the hole was when I was tender age of um tender age of sixteen. I was in Kairos and I went to school. So I was an open custody young offender and so I got to go to school out in the community and I was I was in and I did my I served my time in a house that had bars and stuff on it. Like you were locked up in this house. But if you had privileges and stuff, you could go to the school in the community, the school for bad kids, obviously, because we were coming from the kids' jail. But also girls were there that maybe got pregnant and couldn't go to a normal school. Other kids that had drug addiction problems were at this school. It was called Crossroads, right? It was for, you know, kids that got issues. There was a girl there I liked, and I was, you know, Whatever. When you're a teenager and you're in jail and you got to go, you like pretty serious stuff. Some other guy was putting the moves on her and shit. I didn't like it. I said something to him about it. Fucking, he beat off. Something was supposed to happen after school. My cousin Keith, he's, you know, blah, 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 talking a bunch of shit in my ear, psyching me up. So I'm waiting after school before going back. Me and him are both in, 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 uh, Kairos. <clears throat> We're both expected back at the the um, kids' jail. Fucking, he walks out and fucking, I step in his path, right? Just thinking, like, I want to start something, but I don't. My cousin keeps putting me up to it. She's even looking at me, and I'm thinking, she is she going to think I'm an asshole for this? Whatever. But I stepped in his path, and all of a sudden, he, like, he made the decision for me. He just, like, like 
put his hands like right on me like hard like he was gonna shove me. His hands like poof hit me. My hand came up. I didn't even make a fist, bro. It was such a not that I'm a fucking monster or nothing. It was just freaky. <laughs> but fucking one slap. So it, I came up from underneath, boom, and slapped him underneath his jaw, which my hand when it hit him caused some type of problem in the one ear where I made contact. And then my hand slapped his jaw over, pushed it over, causing the, some type of fucking problem in his other ear. Like they had like like he had ear problems from this. Like I can't remember what they it was called, but he had ear problems. Plus, then my hand raked up over his face, so I caught his lip. I pushed his lip up into his tooth, so fucking his tooth went through his lip, so he had stitches in his bottom lip. I got to see him because I had to go to court for this. Fucking, and then my hand continued up his face and then caught his nose, and then just because of the, the range of motion, because I was hitting him from the side, like, slapping him as he was pushing me. Like, it was like, he's pushing me as I'm getting pushed away. I'm reaching back to him. Boom. And fucking my hand goes up, so it slaps up his face. I catch his nose. It breaks his nose. And then because his nose gets broken, he ends up with two black eyes, like when you get those purple rings. From one slap. All from one slap. Boom. Instantly blood. Like he's bleeding from his nose and he's bleeding from his lips. Like there's lots of blood. Like he puts his face down and there's just a red puddle almost like right away on the sidewalk. And then she, right away, she goes to him, of course. My cousin Keith, I remember he's trying to tell me to get him more. I started walking to him like I was going to kick him in the face, right? Because I was mad and it was going. But then I stopped because I'm not a fucking asshole and there's no more fight. So, And I also, she bent down like beside him. So her head was like beside his head. And then she looks at me like, you know, like you're an asshole or something. She says exactly what I thought she was going to think I was. She thought I was. I should have never did it. Right away, I felt bad. So I just turned and walked away back to the to the um, kinder, my cousin Keith with me the whole way, bro. He, he was a bad influence. My fucking Keith, eh? You can't yeah. trust the Keith. Yeah, I wonder if he hears this. Nothing but love. But fucking, uh, so we get back there. Well, of course, they know about it. The teachers came out. The little school we go to is right on, on a main street right downtown. Like, the little jail we're in, it's a little house, like, right by downtown, too. Like, it's, it's kind of cool. The setup I had, well, that was the end of that good setup. I got back to the house. The staff are waiting for me. They put me in a little lockup room, timeout room, they call it. Also, lockup room, and they're coming to get you. So I was in open custody. Now I'm getting transferred to closed custody. They take me to closed custody, and they put me straight in the hole. So that was my first time going to the hole. Was I got put in the hole at the farm, which is the young offender side of the jail. That's also the adult side. That's where my other brother was. I was telling you about my younger brother when I was in the adult side when my brother died. Um, that was my first time in the hole. And fucking hey, just just a side note, have you seen those slapping competitions on uh, on social media? No. Oh yes, I no. have. Yeah, where they slap each other. Mate, yeah, that might I be see. your calling. After that one slap, you can enter those those bloody things. I got some pretty good snap on my slap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fucked. So so yeah, so how I got to see him was so they take me to close custody, I'm sitting in the the, the hole. And I'm in the hole the whole time I'm there. Like, they don't let me to the hole. I keep acting up and shit. But I only had, like, 12 days or something. I'm going to court. I go to court. He doesn't want to press charges. And he does the right thing. He says, I don't want to press charges. He says, he provoked me. He even says he pushed me. Everything's cool. I'm so happy he did. Because I would have got sunk if he would have tried to say, you know, I did anything else. It did not look like I just slapped him. I, I, I show up, and I've only got my young offender. Um, it's like sweatpants. Uh, blue sweatpants with, like, a green dot. And a blue sweatshirt with a green dot on it, and your little fucking—they look like Converse, but they're not Converse. Fucking the cheap fucking uh, flat sole shoes there. I can't remember, like All Stars and shit. 
Um, I walk in and I look at him. He he has got one of those things on his nose that when you break your nose, those it folds onto your nose. It's like metal and sponge or whatever. He's got one of those taped on his fucking nose. Both his fucking eyes are black. His fucking bottom lip is swollen right up. You can see the stitches. They were blue. I still remember bright blue stitches underneath his lip. Like he looked like I beat him up, right? Like bad. I have bad luck with this, bro. I'll tell you another person. I hit him once too, and it looked like I piped him too. Got me in a lot of trouble. Fucking in, in, in the prison. He was a piece of shit. He had it coming. Brad Coster. Fucking doof. Um, but anyways, this guy, uh, he did the right thing. I can't remember his name. And uh, my my defense was, of course, I hit him once. I was going to go there and say I was going to own it and everything and say that, you know, whatever. I wasn't going to say that he started or anything. I was just going to go and say what I did and hope it worked out. But he did the right thing. He owned He owned his part. It got charges thrown out. I had to go back to the hole, though. I had to finish my time there for my what I was doing, and then I got so out. So the charge got thrown out because he pushed you, Chris, and you hit Chris, him. Him and Patty Schmidt. What? So that that charge, you didn't get charged for that. I didn't get charged for it. No. Jeez, that's lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He uh, Thunder Bay, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Northern Ontario courts. The, there, you know, you can tell the cops, "Hey, we don't want to press charges and I'll let you do that." Not like out here in Victoria. They always want to charge you. Like they'll step in and try to charge you. Guys that start fights with you, you fucking beat them up, and then they try to charge you. Like, fucked up nowadays. Back then, it was way different. And this bread Costa that you hit once and it looked like you piped. Oh, this guy. So, yeah. So remember, I told you the first guys that I collected for the Asians from, fucking, I went too far, and they still paid yep. my debt. Um. So this was this Brad Costa. So. When I was in, I'll start back sooner though. I'll start when I was in the remand center. When I was in the remand center, any guys that were coming in for sex offenses, I was going after. But it's hard to get guys for sex offenses because they usually hide them away well. But I had the fortunate luck of having three come on the ranges I was on. I went after them all. I got thrown in the hole and stuff for it. Guys were always making jokes with me. Like I remember this one guy, uh, um, Mike Woods, fucking telling me, I've never been to the pen or nothing, right? Saying, fuck, kid, when you get to the fucking pen, you're going to have the lifers scared, making a joke, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I laughed about it and stuff, like, you know, in other words, settle down, right? Um, so then I get to the pen, and, of course, the first lifer that I get into it with, I end up checking it, him in. It's just Brad Coster. Um, my friend, uh, Luke Chan, fucking, he's, he could barely speak English when he got there. So many guys, when they get there, can barely speak English, like Vietnamese guys, and they learn to speak inside, like Hong Tran, all of them. They pay me to go collect off of this guy. Um, I, I would get heroin off him all the time. I would give him a little bit of a pill. And then he asked me, he, he did the cross the cell, cross the range for me, the cell across from me. And he asked me, hey, uh, you know, I'll give you another another pointer down and go take care of this guy, right? Like, not go beat him up, like, go collect. They want me to collect. They don't want me to check him in or beat him up. Unless I have to, but they want, you know, go do it, deal with it. So I'm like, okay. And I also remember my friend, now I got my friend Jimmy telling me about this Brad Coster guy owes him a fucking bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken on a food drive. I just happened to know that in my head already. So, so you got you got to clarify that. So he owes you, a, he owed him a bucket of KFC. Yeah. Okay. So how the fuck does so, that work? So once it was don't tell me you can get KFC in prison because oh yeah yeah you can get KFC. oh fuck um, but <laughs> once every three months not even once a year really because guys get different things every three months they have food drives um, different ones there's an Asian food drive so the Asian group gets food for them uh, the French 
group, Francophone group managed to put themselves together a group so they get a food drive. Um, you know, French Canadian food. <laughs> um, the, the, the black group had a, a group together. It was a black culture group. It was called, um, native brotherhood had a group. It was called native brotherhood. Uh, white guys did not have a group together because white guys are not allowed to have a group. Hang on. You've got to tell us what kind of food each group chose. I could probably guess, but can you remember what, which food each one chose? Uh, the, the, the Asian food group, um, was always their, their stuff. Like fish sauce and mama noodles, and then you know, like some type of pepperonis. Guys would always, for the first time, think, "Oh, I'm gonna get these pepperonis," and then they'd buy them and they eat them, and they're the grossest fucking things unless you <laughs> like them, right? Yeah. They're like Asian style pepperonis are, in my opinion, nasty. But I learned to like fish sauce on my KD in there eventually. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they went their traditional food. The black guys went for chicken, if that's what you're waiting for. No, your their food drive no i'll say it it's true it's not not being racist i've got lots of friends in there and they love fucking chicken on chicken day my my black friends richard and wheel and all them they go around and they also play the muslim card they say they're muslims they don't want pork that way they get a pork-free diet and the pork-free mm-hmm. diet is specially made so they get a little bit of a food but they'll walk around on chicken day all the time and making guys deals for their chickens 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 and they love bacon too but they can't have bacon because they're on a pork-free diet. And every morning, oh, they're yeah. like, hey, bro, man, sell me your bacon. <laughs> I'm like, you're not going to have bacon. You're on, you're on a pork-free diet. Like, fuck them up, man. But, you know, I'll fuck them up. Get here and take the fucking bacon. And then I'll have got another friend. Hey, don't tell, you know, because there'll be room cellmates or something. Like, hey, don't tell, you know, but we got bacon around. Like, fuck, I gave him my bacon. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but everyone just gets the, to regular food. But there's just always... Um, uh, they get a jerky and stuff for, for food. Because like, you get a foods that you can keep in your cell, and then you get foods that are you got to eat, like they come cooked. And it's yep. all in one food drive, right? There's just all these types of chicken and shit like that, and then jerk porks and shit. Um, the French group is, you know, poutine, of course, is the obvious one, and a bunch of yep. other shit. Beef jerky, they get on that. Some t- some And some foods are just included that guys really like, and they just add them onto the list. Add this on your your groups list right and, and who pays for that or is that just the prison cost so, so us inmates do no no they don't oh, pay okay. everything's inmates so then we got to get food from you know whatever we got food in our accounts money in our accounts and then we order the food and we pay for it and it all gets brought at once and there's this, this big food drive by the time the food gets to you it's fucking terrible because it's not like they just bring it in this shit's got to go through security. It's got to get delivered. It's got to get made for a whole fucking prison. It's stupid. I, I, I never buy the food you can eat because it's always garbage. But I'll buy the like the mama noodles. I love mama noodles and the jerky when it's the French food group. I'll always buy a bunch of my jerky as I can afford at the time. You'd think cold KFC would be the hot ticket, though. That stuff's amazing. Um, the KFC, actually, the KFC is one of the big, the big tickets in there. The guys love the KFC. Yeah. Have you eaten a seagull before? No, I'd eat this fucking seagull. <laughs> Actually, so anyway, like... back back to Costa, who owes a bucket of chicken. Oh yeah, so so this fucking guy owes my friend Jimmy a fucking bucket of chicken already. My friend Jimmy's tough boy is good shit. <clears throat> Sorry, bro, I'm overheating here. Um, and so now I go to his cell to get him. He's down in the bottom range. I walk past. Speaking of my black friends, my friend Mike Brown. Fucking walk by him. He's like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm like, I just got to go do something, bro. And he's like, okay, we'll come by my cell here. I'm like, okay. So he's kind of 
waiting on me to come back by himself. So he's kind of waiting for me to come back on the range. So this is part of the story. So then I go into the cell to deal with this guy. And I walk in. He doesn't know me from a hole in the ground. I just walk in. And I'm like standing over me, sitting down. And I start talking to him. And he seems to be reasonable. So then I sit down. And I continue talking. I'm basically telling him, hey, like, you owe my friend some, some fucking money. Um, you can't you can't pay. Okay, I'm not going to be an asshole. I start trying to tell him he's going to be on a payment plan. This is how much he's going to pay until he's paid. And then he's got to also pay me what I'm getting paid for. it. And then just I'm starting to try and tell him that. He starts like getting like, loud and shit. And he goes to stand up. I stand up faster than him. I reach to grab him. And I just meant to like sit him back down. Like sit the fuck back down. But the way we moved, I ended up grabbing him right by his face. My fingers went right into his eye socket. Like right in there. Like, it was like I had him like a fucking bowling ball. Unintentional, but just like it just happened. Yeah. And so I fucking hit him. And I punched him. Wham! Just as I moved my hand out of the way, right in the forehead, because my fist was right in his face where I wanted to hit him. Like, I even think I partly hit my fucking hand as I hit him. Boom! Right in the fucking forehead. Like, that's a, you know, that's not a big thing. And knocked him off. Like, bam! He starts doing the chicken. So back then, before we got these plastic chairs, anyone listening, remember that we had plastic chairs with metal legs. But we kept making fucking pipes and, and uh, um, shanks out of them and shit. So they got taken away eventually. Um, but we still had these chairs. Well, they bang around in there. We got a little metal table and stuff. And then a little metal closet. This chair legs in there. He starts doing the chicken. And his chair legs are banging off the middle. Like, like it's really noisy all of a sudden, right? And so I'm like, oh, fuck. And so I just turned and walked out of there. I, I, I've only been in the pen, you know, like a few months at this time, right? This is my first time doing something like this. <clears throat> And I remember before I go to do it, a few of my friends, you know, because I'm just getting a background check on this guy. My friend's like, oh, you better be careful. Careful. He's a lifer. You know what I mean? Like, he might stab you or something. Fuck that. Fuck, I'm a fucking killer, too. Like, fucking, I'm, you know, I'm not in there for murder, but fuck, whatever. Let's do this. He'll be my first beef. <laughs> and so, so that kind of gets me psyched up a bit. And so then I go to do it. So I'm leaving. And then Mike comes walking up to me because he's been waiting for me to come out to talk to me. He happens to see and hear what happened in there. So he's coming, he's like trying to congress me. Oh, right on, bro, that guy's a goof. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, chill out, man. Like, let me get the fuck off the range here. And so you know, I'm like, sure, and I, I walk off, right? And then fucking, this fucking piece of shit, he's supposed to be some bad killer or whatever. Fucking, I must have scared the fuck out of him. Like, I honestly don't know why, but he checked in. I went to my cell, and then all of a sudden, fucking Vance Whitaker comes to see me. He was con aide. So he's an inmate. He's a con. But he's part of Con Aid. So that's where inmates work with other inmates before the guards do. So I guess the guards um, sent him to come talk to me in my cell. Um, so he comes to see me in my cell. And he's a friend of mine. Like, we're bros and shit. And he's like, hey, what did you, uh, what, what happened? What did you do? He says, he's kind of slick the way he talks, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? I didn't know. He's like, why'd you pipe that guy? And I'm like, I'm set up off my, my bed, right? I didn't fucking pipe nobody, man. What are you talking about? So I'm like, I was just at boy's house. I gave him a punch in the fucking head. Fucking, and I left and everything because he was doing the chicken in his chair, you know, making fucking noise, banging around. So I just left. It's just, it was so fucking noisy. And he says, well, he's down in the office right now. And, uh, and you know, like he stops. Like, I remember the way you were saying it. He goes, and uh, it looks like uh, you piped him. And I'm like, Vance, my fucking word, I didn't pipe this guy. And he's, you know, I tell Vance what went on and everything. Like, Vance says, oh, like, he believes me. And he's like, oh, fuck, shit, luck. I guess it was just because I punched him in the forehead. I opened up his forehead. And, you know, when the forehead bleeds, it bleeds fast and easy. 
And so he was bleeding all over his face from his stupid fucking forehead being at the top of his fucking face. And his fucking eyes were fucking red as fuck, like bloodshot from my fingers being in them. So I tell, I tell, so, so anyways, I got ahead of myself. So I tell, I tell Vance, I'm like, fucking, he says, he's in there talking to the guards right now. And, uh, you know, he says, that's why I'm here talking. He says, they're probably going to come grab you and take you to the hole. He says, he says, I just come to talk to you to see if you got anything. He's basically coming to see me because he thinks it's a true story. And if I got anything to say for myself, he's kind of just giving me the heads up. I'm going to the hole kind of thing. And I says, I says, no, no. I says, is my Shirley Paxman was my PO, IPO at the time. I says, is Shirley in there? And he's like, no. And I says, fuck. So I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go see my PO. So in there you have pro officers in there too. They're IPOs, institutional pro officers. So I go to see her because I'm going to go and tell her what the fuck I did. I'm going to go tell her my version to counter this guy's version about me fucking piping him. You know what I mean? Which is a total different situation. I'm going to get, I don't know what's going to happen to me at this time. I'm thinking anything. I don't know the rules and stuff in prison yet, right? Yeah. Fuck off, Seagull. I don't know if you can hear that fucker. Um, so as I'm walking, so as he walked from by out of the cells, you got to walk by the room where he was in where the guards are. Uh, first, I was going to try and explain the layout of the prison to you, but instead, I got to walk by this door where he is. As I'm walking by to go down to the, the stairs to where my pro officer's office is, he's in the office where the unit supervisor is. I walk by the door and I happen to look in. Fuck, I'm thinking. I get a look at him. He's sitting in the chair and there's one guard standing like, standing up beside him and he's got his, his arm out like that. He kind of like, looks at me as I walk by like, like I'm going to try and storm the room or something. I don't know why, but he's just a fucking typical guard. But I'm looking past him at this guy and it totally looks like he got piped. Like I can see the blood all over his face. I can see the gash on his forehead. I can see his eyes, like the whites of his eyes are all red. And then the skin around his eyes is all fucking swollen and fucked up from my fingers being in there. Like it looked brutal. I'm like, holy fuck. I go down. I tell Shirley my version of the story. She tells me to go to my cell. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get scooped for this. So I'm like, well, whatever. I go to my cell and she says, I'm going to talk, you know, to them on your behalf and see what can be done. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, whatever. I go to my cell because what am I going to do? And they call lock up for supper time. We lock up. And, of course, they come scoop me and him. Though I see him go into the hole. And he's, he's actually way down the range of the, the breezeway in front of me. So we're both going to the hole. So I'm thinking, well, that's maybe, you know, good. Like, they're not just scooping me. Maybe they're just taking us because we got into an altercation. It's just, you know, not so bad yet. But then when we get down there, he used this as leverage. He was getting close to getting his minimum security. So he, he used this assault on him as leverage to get himself, like, he's not safe in the prison no more. And because yeah. he's about to get minimum security and stuff, this like helped speed up his process. So they let him out to minimum and me back out to population, back into the jail. Fucking, yeah, no And charges. that's what you call checking in, right? When he says, hey, yeah. I'm not so safe. He checked in. So, yeah, he went to the guards and said, you know, hey, I need your help. And this inmate did this to me. He lied, of course, said I piped him, which I didn't. And fucking, he got a benefit from it. He got to go to minimum security just outside the fence up, up the hill. Um, but he had minimum coming, so you know it only accelerated for him. But he used this as a way to get out and not have to pay all his debts before he leaves. So that was the thing. He owed a lot of people. Oh yeah, so the reason I punched him in the face is the reason he started to go south is because I'm telling him, you know, like hey, I'm going to put you a payment plan and everything, and he tries saying to me, um, oh I can give you some KFC, and I'm thinking, wait a second, that's my fucking friend Jimmy's chicken, and that's like you're going to try and give me my fucking friend's fucking chicken, like you won't that. Says, and you better make sure he gets that. And that's when we started to argue a bit. And that's when we went to stand up, and that's when boom, boom, like everything just happened so bad. 
I didn't want him to stand up before me, right? So I was just so rushed to get up faster, and then boom, next thing you know, my hand was in his face, and then boom, fucking, he was doing chicken, like, shit happens like that so fast, like, not really a lot of thinking involved, right? And then, you know, you walk in the cell knowing you're walking in there to do something. Once you check in, do you ever get back out in the same prison, or are you just in there? No, once you check in, you're checking. You're a PC, you're a piece of shit, and you go to another prison. And usually you don't learn and you do the same fucking shit. Because we always hear about these guys. We'll figure out where they are. Guys who write letters. Oh, yeah, he's here being the same goof. Like, say, a guy's like this guy. He went to minimum and he's working his way out. Um, but say, fucking, if you had a long time and you got transferred to another institution and a guy was in there cuffing drugs and getting in debt and then he gets transferred to another institution, he usually goes on doing the same thing, right? He just, it's his behavior, right? Or, you know whatever else they do but, yeah so you I mean, debts, debts can't really transfer can they if you go to um another. well if guys have to know where you went and then guys have to have a friend there and so you know stuff catches up to you guys but at that time usually it's not even a matter of getting back what's owed or anything if it's a debt because guys already know it's written off they just want the guy punched out now it's like okay we'll punch him out right right and so then usually if the guys transfer somebody usually all they want done is someone punch him out there right so your nickname in Drumheller was Flipper. Does that transfer to different prisons? No, no. That was just among a, a group of friends and shit. That wasn't like everybody and anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a couple. I had a few different nicknames there, actually. Fuck this. Pussy, pussy face probably wasn't one of your favorites. Well, so, so Bob was actually ended up becoming a nickname of mine among the fucking Vietnamese. So, he <laughs> so we, get out of, so we get out of the hole, right? We get out of the hole and we're friends and we're laughing. We're like, oh, we're going to go smoke some weed. And we're joking. Let's get some more soccer going. Ha, 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 ha. And, uh, and so then he sees me with, we go, we, we're on the same, we're from the same unit. So we go into the unit. We go into Vindian's cell. Maybe babies, I can't remember. But everyone, all the Vietnamese always hang out in each other. So like lots of them in one cell. And so we're going there and they're all in there and they're asking us about getting out and shit. And he's the one that he has some connection on some dope, so he's going to get me high. So we're in there and he's calling me McLoam to the minutes. So they're all calling me McLoam and stuff too. I can't understand all this Vietnamese, this shitty Vietnamese motherfucking bro of mine. So I'm, I don't know, he's telling them what. They're all calling me McLoam, right? So now everyone's calling me McLoam. This went on for fucking weeks. But I'm starting to think something's up. The way sometimes <laughs> they say it, or they laugh after. I'm like, what's up with this fucking name, McLoam? So one day I walk into one of the cells and they're all in there. They're all high. They're having a big heroin party. And fucking there's like six or seven of them in there all piled on one fucking bed. Fucking. And I come in and they're like, oh, hey, McLoan. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck does McLoan mean? Right? And <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, it means pussy face. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. You fucking assholes. <laughs> but now we were so used to it. And it was just amongst them anyways. No one else knows what's going on. They every now and then would call me that. I had another group of friends that would call me Magilla Gorilla for some fucking reason. Older group of guys. I think there was some some character that was called Magilla Gorilla. No, I guess. Reminded them of him. I don't like honestly. It's, it's older than me. I don't even know what the fuck it's from. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then touching on a character we talked about in the uh, maybe it was the last episode in the right episode. Um, that baby character, the tiny guy. Any idea oh, what he was in for? What? Any idea what he was in for? Baby? Drugs. Yeah. Oh, drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Baby Chan. Yeah, he's good shit. 
I stuck up and, for him. Reckon he's another good friend I stuck up for. So guys in there do stupid shit. So sometimes say guys get cocaine. And this is a common thing. It's happened to more than one of my fucking friends. And some guy will get some cocaine to sell for some guys. Guys start doing it. Once a guy starts doing cocaine, all he wants to do is do it. And then he comes up with this big plan to figure out how he can. And what I always see in there is guys will find guys, they'll cuff them the coke, but then do it with them. And then when it's time to pay it to whoever they got it from to sell it, they're like, well, these guys all owe me. They'll pass it on on these guys. And these guys are like, oh, it's time to collect. He's like, whoa, whoa, we had a deal where we were doing it together and we were going to pay. Like, it was a whole different situation. I see this all the time. So this happened with Baby. And uh, some guys are trying to pass off debts on him. And then there's going to be, he's a a little guy. He's got the nickname Baby for a reason. He's a small little guy. And uh, but he's got lots of us friends. And and fucking all of a sudden, some shit's going to go on and guys are going to punch my Well, This gets stopped, like not by me, but it's on my range. Or it is on my range, but some other friends of mine, Spider was one of them, got involved. And they all told Baby. They said, they said, they told Baby to go the hole for the night because the guards were trying to get involved and they didn't want the guards to get involved. So they told Baby, just go the hole for the night. They're going to work on it and resolve this shit and then it'll be done. And Oh, because Robbie and Robbie Palsha, he's a serious guy, but he's passed away now. Um, and and Spider's still alive. They were doing time somewhere. Uh, they're they're respect guys, but they're also part of, of the inmate committee and Con Aid and shit. So 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 baby baby Tran was directed to go to the hole. Shit gets dealt with. He gets back in. Well, it's now some ignorant guys in there that don't know what the fuck they're talking about, running their mouths off, or trying to say baby's a check in. They're like, oh yeah, he checked in, and now he's back out of the hole. So baby walks. So we get out to go to eat. Baby happens to be walking like twenty feet in front of me. He walks by this group of guys, and I hear them start talking about him as I'm walking towards them now. And then I, they said what I just said. Oh, he got out of the hole. He's checking it. He got out of the hole. I mean, I, I put him in check, right? I can't remember what it's about. I was like, fuck, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Fucking leave his name out of your mouth. He's fucking nothing wrong with him. He's fucking, and yeah. But politics, shit like that. But Baby was good shit. Like, he was fucking, he helped you out and shit, fucking with heroin all the time. He always had heroin. How how did he go to the hole for the night if he didn't check in? Is it because the that committee well, because, can say who can go there? Yeah, the inmate committee has. They're they're like one level, so they're like guard, you know, interaction relations with inmates. Um, they yeah. have like a, a go between, and that's the inmate committee, and that's all made up of inmates. Right. And so they're not on the guard side; they're on our side, but they're helping do some things to help regulate shit. Mediate shit, right? So that, you know, shit doesn't usually get worse for the inmate. They're there, they're there, and the inmate's safe, right? To try and deal with whatever situation came up. And so it was on there because these guys were going to try and fuck up Baby Chan, and because nobody was listening to the fucking logic, like, hey, it's not fucking Baby Chan. People know Baby has dope. He knows to get dope. This guy obviously did all the fucking coke, tried to pass off the fucking debt on Baby. Now these guys are like trying to squeeze Baby as hard as they can, you know. Like, we're going to fucking kill you. And they're trying to act like they're going to try. They're trying to show they, they mean it. So they want to punch him out. You know what I mean? Because they're trying to make him fucking bleed dope or money to them on the streets or wherever, right? Fucking, but we were having it, right? Like, none of us on that range. Like, after Baby went to the hole, like, we were all talking, right? We were like, yeah, anyone's got a problem with Baby Because we're all Unit 11 boys, right? And we're like, anyone's got a bit problem with Baby they can fucking come down this fucking range to get them. You know I mean, Baby's all the way down at the end of the range. We're all in line, right? So. Yeah, Vinden. I used to go to Vinden's cell 
And we like Vin, fucking, he's older guy too. <laughs> Small guy, full of heart, fucking older guy. I remember we were playing poker and he kept losing. And I don't want to collect from him. And I keep telling him, hey, we'll play again. Like, you know, we'll play again so that he can win it back. I'm trying to let him win it back. He's just having bad luck. He's like, yeah, we play. What the fuck do you think I say? And he starts walking up to me and he wants to fight me. I'm like, hey, settle the fuck down. But he was good. He became a good friend of mine. He fucking, I'll tell you some stuff about him, though, because he had a tragic end. Um, I used to go to his cell and stuff. And like he, if I was dope sick on heroin, I'd be like, Vinny, I'm sick. Help me out. And he's like, I don't care. I'm not doctor. <laughs> I'm like, Vinny, I'm sick. Help me, man. Fucking, but. He lost it in there. Like, people go crazy in there, and you talk about guys doing whole time and shit. So he slit his wrists all the way from his wrists all the way up into his armpits. Both arms took off all his clothes and spun around in a circle in his cell, bleeding out in his cell. This is in the hole, or this is in his cell? This was in his cell and then in the hole. Like, they started in the cell. They grabbed him, took him. There's a a hole in the healthcare where they can put you. Yeah. Kept him in there, like. And I mean, it was normal one day and gone the next. So he obviously died from that. No, 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 no. Oh. He got transferred to um, Regional Psychiatric Center, RPC. Yeah, they were able to save him and shit. I don't know how. So much blood was in that cell and he's so small to begin with. I don't fucking know what the fuck he was living on. Jeez. Power of heroin, I think. And then my last question is also another movie show type one. Is there a top dog in prison? Where there are top dogs for sure. There are guys. Is it on each range? Um, they're well, they're spread out, but they can be wherever they are randomly. But there are definitely guys in there that are really respected for either just who they are or how tough they are, but not who they are. Like oh, a hierarchy and like hey, I'm the I'm the bosses of this fucking group. Guys like yeah, we in this cell, you'll be on the end of this blade. Like that shit don't fly. But prison guys like. Prison respect the guys in there, definitely. And there are some guys in there that squash can squash things like they're not squashed. You know what I mean? There are guys that are like nobody wants to fight except other guys like them. Like I have a lot of good friends there. Like a lot of my friends were some of these guys that were just fucking wreckers. Like fucking yeah, tough boys. Fucking <laughs> fucking one punching guys usually, right? And you were never in a position like that. With any of them? No, were you ever in a position where you're kind of one of the top dogs or one of the guys that were most respected in your range or anything? I was respecting myself, but I wouldn't say I was anywhere near the top. But I was respected. I was loved. Like fucking <laughs> I was yeah. Billy. But yeah, I I I I'm honest with you, you, you I do assess a, a range when I'm on it or a unit when I first get put on it. And I will Try and take it in and try and think, is there anybody in here I can't take? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or who in here can I? Like, I, mean, I think a lot of guys probably do it. You know what I mean? Like, assess, you know, who's what. And I've been in situations where I thought, yeah, I could probably take almost everybody in here. <laughs> but yeah. not in the prison. Not in the prison, but, like, on a range or wherever I got put or something. Right. And plus, you just got to believe you can win fights. And I, and I don't say that, like, oh, philosophically, I believe going into a fight. I can win the fight. I mean, you honestly got to go in thinking you can win, right? I've gone in knowing I'm going to lose, but knowing I'm going to control how bad I lose, like I'll still lose this fight on my terms, you know what I mean, kind of thing, like when I got jumped by those six guys, yeah. Um, where I knew I had to go down, but I wasn't going to go down in a situation where they could stop my head kind of thing, right? Otherwise, it would get back up, and now I really got to deal with the problem. 
but I made a judgment call and it worked, right? Uh, situations like that. When you get but, jumped uh, by a bunch of people, do you play like pick my bitch? Do you just focus on one guy and try and stuff him up the most or is it just survival? What, so when you get jumped by multiple people, do yeah. you pick one guy to focus in on, do damage on him or is it just survival mode? So, well, when in the two situations I was in, one, I was going in it. I didn't give a fuck. I knew the guards were right there. I knew it was going to get broken up um, no matter what. You know what I mean? So it was all in, and it was two of my friends against four other people. In that situation, all I remember thinking was I want to try and inflict as much fucking damage as I can. Like, I wasn't even worried about me. You know what I mean? I just kept thinking I want to fucking just. Right, you're just trying to fucking hit as hard and as fast as you can. Like, it's all goes to my head. Like it's shit, go right. And then like, if you get knocked out, you get knocked out. It doesn't hurt. Like it honestly doesn't. Right, like you get knocked out, it's merciful. My fear though is you don't have any control when you're knocked out. Right, when you're knocked out, you're at the mercy of the guy. Right, is this one of those guys? What does he do when you're knocked out? Right, does he yeah. stomp your fucking head or is he like, okay, this is done? Right, yeah, which way to go? But also in those situations, so in that situation, we were all playing cards, and it was a card game, blew up, and it was free-for-all. Um, yeah. And the other situation where I walked into it with those other six guys and where I knew I was getting jumped over something, and I had been offered a blade, I didn't take it. I'm like, there's you know, no blades so in this situation. So you knew it was going to happen. Like, so I walked out. I had the two guys behind me. They were aggravating me. So I walked up towards the other four, and all I was doing was looking at everybody's hands as I was walking up to them, right? And making sure, okay, I don't see any weapons in nobody's hands. And just, I remember just walking right into the middle and not really, I don't know, I just, I remember my actual last thoughts were not who to get, but was like, okay, let's go. Like, like here we go. Like that kind of thought, like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and then I swung at just the guy in front of me. I remember this, the guy beside him was a friend actually that I know from back home, a native friend of mine. Well, not like a friend of mine that I, that, but I know him from back home. He's from back east, where I'm from. he's from Nipigan. I'm from Thunder Bay. My reserve is Pace Platt. We go to his, where he's from. Like, like, like we know each other. Right? I was just kind of looked at him. I was surprised. He's, I remember like looking at him and thinking that as I was going to punch the guy to, to beside him. And then that's when I got hit by the guys that were on the far left and far right. Ding, ding. Like, from each side, boom. And then that's why I was like, oh. And then I, I closed back up. And then it was just getting lit up. And then mostly it was just feeling where I was getting hit trying to watch where the punches were coming from. I immediately realized none of these guys could punch. Like, I'm not bullshitting you, bro. I got pounded on for a good three, four fucking minutes by six guys. I didn't get knocked out. Like, none of them could hit. Right? But they were fucking me up. That was the problem. Right? Yeah. Like, I couldn't win them all. And when I opened up, they would get me. So I had to stay closed up. And I was trying, How, like, what's my way out of this? You know, trying to think quick. And I'm in the middle of getting shot. I'm getting punched drunk. They didn't realize I was until after. And then that's when I got to that bench and I was holding myself up on the bench. And then fucking that one guy threw a punch and it hit me on the side of the jaw and the cheek, right, right by the chin. And so it was kind of like a punch that could have knocked a person out. So I just kind of went with it like, oh, and I pretended that one got me. And I went down and as I fell by the bench, I fell so that my head went under the bench. And yeah. then sure enough, they all started trying to kick me like fucking goose. And then once they kicked me a bit, poof, they all took off. Of course, none of it, none of it was not, no real damage. I went to go stand up, and that's when I was like staggering, right, from being punched. Yeah. Drunk. That's when I sat down. My old, my friend of mine, old man Bruce, walked by. He's like, "You all right, kid?" <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but fucking in that situation, it was just survival. Just survival. Yeah. 
Sweet. I think we're good for today, mate. All right, bro. There's just so many stories in these long episodes. I try and take notes as I'm editing so I can reference it at the end of it, but there's just so many layers and, and so many stories that come up um, when Gillis gets on a roll like this. I don't know if it's weird that I said it's almost a relief that if someone does something to you or your family on the outside, there is a way to get them on the inside. Because I, I often think if something happened to my family and they get locked up, like you'd want to get at them somehow before they went to prison because then they're safe. But it's kind of strange that I had a bit of relief in that story that you can still get them. Even though it was such a brutal story, like taking a rock to someone's head, it just sounds so horrific. And then I kind of feel sorry for the guy who got beaten up over the KFC. Although I I do like cold KFC. But a uh, bit of a roller coaster that one. I was also quite shocked that the saying piece of shit carries so much weight in prison. Like that's another go word like goof that they have. Because piece of shit is bandied about quite a lot in public and doesn't hold that much weight. But I guess on the other hand, neither does goof. Um, obviously, Gillis is in the in the throes of his detox at the moment. I texted him just before um, we edited this episode and I said, are you still alive? And he said, barely. So pussy face is getting his way through it. Man, that's, that, that nickname was a ripper too. Um, he is getting through it. I'll keep you guys updated. We hope to have him back on next week for the, for another episode. As usual, thanks very much for listening. Um, We'll be back next week. We'll see you next time on Plain English.